This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. You know, I was thinking this week that until Jesus becomes our Lord and King here on earth and uh, will rule, we will rule and reign with him. Until then, man, everything that, that, that has brought us such shock and disappointment and, uh, you know, has been met with uh, such, um, you know, necessary conversation the last few weeks, uh, that's going to happen because sin is, is driving the racism and sin is driving uh, everything that's, that's wrong with our world. And Jesus came to make everything right. And so one of the things that I want to do today is I want to lift up Jesus and I want to lift up his truth. And Jesus quoted the Old Testament over and over again. And I want to go to a passage of scripture. Maybe you've never read through it because it's so long, but it's actually Psalm 119. Over the next eight weeks, we are going to look at Psalm 119. And I would encourage you to read four verses every single day, the next eight weeks. You'll get through it in plenty of time, even with a few days to spare. And uh, Psalm 118 is broken up into 22 sections of eight. Eight verses each, 22 for the 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And uh, it's a wonderful journey. And I'm so thankful for uh, this uh, new series entitled Truth Be Told. And we are going to uncover some of the most common lies that we tell ourselves, both consciously and subconsciously. And this week we're talking about the lie of control, the lie of control. You You look around and you think, man, everything's out of control. Everything's out of control and I just have to control what I can. And if we're not careful, there's some things that are good to control, but there's other things that can really be detrimental. And there's other things that we think we're in control of and really we're not. So I want to talk about the lie of control today. And our theme verse throughout this entire series is Psalm 119, 29. It says, remove from me the way of lying and grant me the law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Man, I hope that's you. You've chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. Let's look at these verses with the goal of contrasting the lie of control with the truth uh, of who we are and what God says about us, but specifically the truth about trusting God and the freedom that that brings And one of the lies that we tell ourselves with control is that if I stay to myself and and if I just work on myself, I won't get hurt. If I stay to myself or if I just work on myself, if I just do me as people tell me, then I'll, I'll be good. But here's a key thought I want you to think about that control says that it's time for me to work. When trust says that it's time for God to work through me. And there's a big difference between those two statements. You see, Psalm 119, 126 says this, It is time for thee, O Lord, to work. I've been praying that this week. Lord, it's time for you to work. 
I'm so uh, encouraged by the, a younger generation who, number one, knows that there's morality. They're marching because they know that something's not right. So they have the first step of the gospel. They know that there's right and wrong. Then I'm so thankful that, that many, many voices are going out and telling the fact that this is a sin problem and that sin can be cured through Jesus. I believe that it's time for God to work. I believe that we're in a, a, a moment where God could use it for a great, great revival. But he says this, he says, for they have made void thy law. A lot of people who are living lawless lives. David, in David's day, 3,000 years ago, he was still talking about, he was talking about that even uh, back then, but we're still talking about his words today. They've made void thy law. And every time we deceive ourselves, we stamp the word void on God's unchanging truth. And the seed of deceit, friend, is in all of us. I'm a pastor and Isaac's our, our worship leader, but there's, there's the deceit, the seed of deceit in, in both of our hearts. We are all uh, deceived both consciously and con unconsciously and we're deceived by the world and by Satan and all the things around us are trying to deceive us, trying to pull us away from the truth and it is the seed of deception that will always bring the fruit of self-destruction because deceit is not the way God wired us to work. And so what is a lie? When we talk about truth be told and talking about the lie that, that Satan tells us and the lie that we tell ourselves, what's a lie? Well, there's several definitions that we're going to go over through this series. But in this week, this week I want to give you this definition. A lie, someone once said, is an attempt to gain control through the distortion of the truth. An attempt to gain control by the distortion of the truth. You know, about six years ago, Flight uh, 370 was leaving Malaysia. It was headed on an on a overnight flight to Beijing, China. It took off around midnight, about 1.19 to be exact. The pilot radioed the tower and said, uh, I'll, I'll be radioing the other tower on the other uh, side of the ocean, but everything's good here. And they were continuing to make uh, plenty of communications between he and the tower. And then something happened. At 1.21 a.m., the pilot, for whatever reason, we still don't know to this day, switched off the transponder. There was no more communication between the tower or between any other aircraft and Flight 370. What happened as a result of that? Well, Flight 370 crashed somewhere between Malaysia and Beijing, China. In fact, they found parts of the airplane all the way over on the coast of Africa, Tanzania, Africa. We know that something went wrong, but we don't know what. But all we know is this, that the first step to that destructive, catastrophic uh, moment where 200 and 39 people lost their lives. That moment started with the loss of communication. With the, with the loss of communication came full control of that aircraft. Whoever was controlling that aircraft did not want anyone telling them how to do it or what to do or where to go. Friend, the Bible, the word of God is our transponder. It is the one that tells us when we're off course. 
And friend, we live lives that are either in control of God's word or in control of our own plans, ideas, and desires. And so the people who were on that plane, we have uh, a few ideas from radio communications that there was no upheaval, that they were sitting on the plane without uh, any problems. They did not know what was going on. They did not know that the the transponder had been uh, turned off. They thought that the pilot was in control, but for whatever reason, he wasn't. Friend, you can think you're in control. You can think you have everything together, but unless your, your life is founded on the word of God, you're not truly in control. And so what are three truths about the lie of control? I wanna give you these three. We're gonna talk about deception. Then we're gonna talk about freedom. And then finally, we're gonna talk about the confidence that comes in the truth of God's word. Let's look at this. Deception, first of all, comes from a desire to control. Whenever there's deception, it's because of a desire for us to want to control something. We lie, even as kids, because we wanna try to control the outcome. We we lie as adults because we wanna try to control the outcome. We wanna try to control someone else. And so we will distort the truth to try to manipulate and try to uh, make things better for us That is what deception is. And in verse number 29, he says this, as a plea to God, David says, remove from me the way of lying. The way of lying, remove from me. The word remove is the Hebrew word sir. It means to turn aside from, to abolish, to to escape from, but it means to withdraw quickly. Actually, it means to run away from in fear. Are you afraid of the lies you're telling yourself? Chances are you're probably not, but I want to heighten the awareness of the deceit that lies in all of our hearts. We often are so afraid of what might happen and what might be true. And we watch the news and we say that might be true, but really what is more destructive in our lives are are actually the things that aren't true. Actually the lies that we're telling ourselves. And so this is what Proverbs 30 says. It says, remove far from me vanity and lies. You see, another lie of control is that I can handle this and control the outcome on my own. I don't need someone to tell me. I don't need a transponder to try to give me some, uh, some tips on which way I should go. So he says, remove from me the way of lying. Well, lying is not necessarily something that you have to be taught. It's something that comes inherent to the sinful nature. But why does he say the, the way of lying? The word way is the word, the Hebrew word derek. And it means a road or a journey, but it means a direction or a pathway towards something. So he said, remove from me the propensity that I have, the inclination, the bent toward deception that lies within my heart. You see, uh, Solomon David's son said this in Proverbs 21, 2, every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. You see, I'm always right in my own mind and my own heart, but until I open the word of God and until I compare what I think is right and what I think is true to what God says is true, I might be believing a lie. And so most lies we tell ourselves are actually subconscious. Now, in the weeks to come, I'm going to talk about the difference between conscious and subconscious lies. I'm actually going to tell you what the Bible says about how to tell if someone's lying to you. It'll be interesting. 
In fact, parents, I think it'll be really helpful for you in dealing with your children. But one of the lies of control is that I must be manipulative or I must be possessive or persuasive in order for people to know that I'm right. I need to be dominant in, in, in what I'm saying. Even if I'm not right, if I say it long enough and, and loud enough, people will believe it. The reality is this, that God's instructions is what is truly right. And it must be our only standard for being right. Otherwise, we'll just always think we're right and never truly know. And so he says this, grant me the law graciously. What is the law? Well, it's the Hebrew word Torah. We know that. But it, it actually, the Hebrew word Torah, it means standard. It actually means target. Torah, okay, Tor, standard or target. And then Ra means to throw or to shoot in that direction. So what it's saying, the Torah is God's direction. It's God's mark. It's actually God's target. Isaac, give me this target, okay? Now, if I were to set this target up and I were to say, uh, I want you to throw a rock or throw something at this target, maybe a dart or, or shoot an arrow at this target, not while I'm holding it, okay? But, but shoot an arrow at this target. And then all of a sudden, you shot an arrow and you missed. And then you went around to the, to the wall where you missed and you drew a, drew a circle, a target around your arrow and said, I didn't miss, it was a bullseye. Look at that, look at my target. Now, I don't, want, I don't want to go by God's target. I don't want to go by mine. And the Torah is to say that God has one target. God has one way of doing things. And culture, and many times our, our, our own hearts and minds, want to draw targets other than what God has set up. We want to live by our own standard, not by God's standard. Thank you so much. And so he says, grant me the law. Grant me something that I can use to focus my heart on truth. Now, in Psalm 119, 15, it says, I will meditate in thy precepts. I will meditate. Meditation gets a bad rap. You know, most people think it's for yoga and new agers. The Bible talks a lot about meditation. You know, the Bible never really talks about reading the Bible. It always talks about meditating on it. We are supposed to meditate on scripture. It's a beautiful uh, day here at the property. I love coming out here and just praying and, and, and doing just that meditating. But friends, let me encourage you that when you meditate, yeah, it's good to empty your mind, but, but I, I don't want you to, to spend time just emptying your mind and focusing on a on a black circle on a white wall, you know, like some meditation experts tell us to do. But meditate specifically on the precepts of the word of God. Meditate, it, it's actually the word, the Hebrew word for talking, for, for talking in your mind and heart about the precepts. The word precepts is, is the same Hebrew word for values. Talk about what's valuable to God. The more you tell yourself what's valuable to God, the more you will value what he values. And then he says, respect his ways and have respect unto thy ways. Respect means to study and ways means to process, to process what he is telling you to do. And, and, and so this deception is this desire to control. But when we release that desire to control, we say what David says in Psalm 119, 
173, let thine hand help me for I have chosen thy precepts. You have to let go of your control in order to get the help and the values and what God wants to give you in your life, in your relationships and in your heart and mind. And so deception is a desire for control. But number two, freedom comes from releasing control. We have to release control. In verse number 29, it says, grant unto me thy law. I have chosen thy way. So God is giving something. We are receiving it. We have, we have chosen it. And Jesus made it very clear in John 8, 32, that ye shall know the truth and it's the truth that shall make or set you free. See, the truth can set you free. It can give you freedom that you can't have in and of yourself. And ignoring God's truth keeps you in bondage to sin, but ignoring God's grace keeps you in bondage to yourself. And so when he says, grant unto me thy law graciously, the word graciously, grant graciously is one Hebrew word, Kanan, it means to show favor, to, to feel compassion, to have empathy, to have an answer to a prayer. Man, if, if this last couple weeks, if, if, if it hasn't broken your heart, man, I will tell you, nothing will. And, and I hope we have empathy for the families who've lost loved ones and, and, and we've been praying for those families. But, but it's the word of God that gives us that tenderheartedness. And it's the word of God that allows us to put those things back into God's hands and say, what do you want me to do? You see, David said this in Psalm 145.8. He said, the Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and ten his tender mercies are over all his works. When David said, I have chosen the way of truth, he was choosing it with the graciousness of God providing it for him. The word chosen is the word bakar, and it means to walk up into a high tower to get a better vantage point which way you should go. They used to go up into these watchtowers and they would pick which way, which path they would take to a certain destination and Using the word of God as your watchtower, uh, you, can, you can navigate around the lies that we tell ourselves and the things that are happening around us. You see, you can't control what happens around you, but you can control what happens inside you. And so this is what David said over and over again in Psalm 119. I'm going to quote several verses here uh, from Psalm 119. Verse 23, princes did sit and speak against me. Anyone ever speak against you? He said this, thy servant will meditate on thy statutes. The wicked have laid a snare for me. Anyone ever try to trap you? Anyone ever try to get you in your own words? Yet have I not erred from thy precepts? Uh, princes have uh, persecuted me without cause. My heart standeth in awe. Anyone ever do something that was just really mean, maybe even violent towards you? The, bond, the, the bands of wicked have robbed me. I have not forgotten thy law. Verse 53, horror hath taken a hold upon me. I've talked to a lot of people who are just in fear because of what's happening in our country. Uh, but he says that, that, that I might not forsake thy law. He's focused on the word of God. Not, not what hap what's happening around him, but what God is doing within him. He said, hold thou me up and I shall be safe. I shall have respect unto thy statutes continually. Uh, I will not be trodden down. My flesh trembleth 
for fear of thee, I am afraid of thy judgments. You see, he was aware of God's presence more than he was aware of everything else going around him. And he said in verse 38, establish thy word unto thy servant who is devoted unto thy fear. Now, what does he mean by he's devoted unto thy fear? See, the fear of the Lord is this. It's practicing the presence of God and it is an awareness of what God wants us to do. And so the, the lie of control says, I must hold on to, to what's going, around, going wrong around me and I must make it right. And the reality is we will never be able to make every wrong right, but we know someone who can and we know someone who's given us the power we know someone who's given us the grace. We know someone who's given us the game plan to make things right. And, and the worst thing that we could ever do is hold on to the hurts. Because if we hold on to the hurts to try to make it right, it will make what's going on inside of us all wrong. And so we cannot allow the words and actions of others to hinder the health of our own soul. Can I ask you how your soul is? Can I ask you what's going on inside of you? What's going on inside of you that, that, is, that is creating this need to control? You see, we can either try to control everyone around us or we can focus on helping those around us. Isaac, throw me that rope. You know, a rope can be used to tie someone up, to bind someone, to control something. Or do you know a rope could also be used to rescue someone? A rope can actually... You be useful for helping someone? What are you going to use your rope, your influence, your words for this week? Are you going to use that to hold on to everything that everyone's done to you, that everyone, everything that everyone has wronged you? You're going to hold on to them and you're going to, you're going to bind you. You're going to be holding on because, friend, you can't hold on to the hurt and give grace at the same time. And so we must uh, live a life that is free from control, releasing control, the, the freedom that that gives. And we no longer have to live that way, but, but we can have, number three, confidence from giving God full control. Confidence from giving God full control. He says, remove from me the way of lying. And he says, thy judgments have I laid before thee. Now, what do, what do we mean by lying? The word lying here is shakur. It means deception, of course, uh, falsehood, disappointment but it actually is the Hebrew word for a breach in faith, a breach in faith. You see, when I lie to myself, it, re it reveals a lack of faith in God, a lack of trust. And many times the lie that I tell myself is this lie, that it is safer to trust what I can see rather than trust a God I can't see. And that's the lie of control. But the key thought I want to give you for this final point is that every lie I tell myself is a vote of confidence for myself. And it reveals a lack of truth and a lack of confidence in God. But David said in, one, in Psalm 118.8, it is better to trust in the Lord than put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than put confidence in princes. I don't know what you've put your confidence in, but friend, if you put your confidence in the Lord, you will never be disappointed. And he says, thy judgments have I laid before thee. Now the word judgments is the, is the Hebrew word misfat. And it means a strong case. It's actually a judicial term that means a proper conviction or sentence. Many of the protests are just asking for proper sentencing, proper convictions. And I want to tell you something, that God's word always gives 
the best conviction. It always gives the best judgments. It always makes the right move. See, man will always make mistakes in our judicial system. Uh, people will always uh, fall and falter and let us down. But when we're seeking uh, the, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, when we're seeking the Word that is settled in heaven forever, the judgments of God, we can lay before us and we can know that it is always reliable. Here's my final kind of uh, uh, takeaway, and that is this. That until we lay the precepts before us, the word of God, until we have an open heart, we will never have a level head. Now, let me, let me tell you, when we, when we leveled the ground for the tent, and I'll, I'll tell the story, I'll be done. They took this long level, not this one, but even longer. And they kept, they kept holding it on every spot of the ground. And, and they kept looking and they kept on seeing that there was a spot that was not level and they would take the rocks and, and, and grade it and the, and the, and the, and the uh, you know, excavators would push away the dirt. They would push away the dirt. They were pushing everything out of the way to make it level, to make it level ground. The level is always objective. Now, there's never more tension in my marriage than when we're trying to hang something on one of our walls. Because I say, ah, oh, it looks level. And she's like, ah, I don't think it's right. Please move it. I'm like, I just put 14 holes in our wall. How can I move it, right? But the level never lies. And I want to tell you something about uh, the word of God, that it never lies. It's never wrong. And David said, I will order my steps by thy word. And thy precepts will I keep. You see, one of the lies of control, and the final one we'll say today, is that I can order my steps by using my own plans, my own experience, and my own ideas. But here's the takeaway, that we will not have confidence in God's plan until we have laid before him our plan with an open hand. See, I can't hold on to my plan and hold on to God's plan at the same time. I have to release my plan in order to receive his plan. And so trusting God's plan, thank you, always means not trusting our own. It always means laying down and surrender what we've held on to in control. So friend, you have a choice. You can hold on to the control, you can hold on tightly, or you can have the freedom that comes from having confidence in God's word, having confidence in God's grace and in his plan. I hope you'll put your trust and your faith in something that's unmovable, that's unchangeable, that's reliable, and that is the truth. So in this series, Truth Be Told, I hope that you'll be comfortable enough with God's word and, tr and trusted enough to understand that nothing stands against what God says. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.